0: The year is 1890, the place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers have thus far foiled its plans, most recently stopping the Red Death from taking control of Agnes Hahn. But the Red Death remains undaunted Our four heroes have the evil's full attention, especially Agnes. As Boston descends into panic, can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death.
1: Hey, listeners, this is Doug, the GM for the Red Death podcast, and I wanted to just briefly talk about a change that the five of us decided to make with the show. So a couple months ago, some things came to light about Wizards of the Coast and some of their practices, and as I'm sure you all are aware, they're the publishers of Dungeons and Dragons. In light of that, and in light of the fact that D&D has such a strong combat focus, which is something that we as a podcast haven't focused on nearly as much we decided to shift systems. We thought about uh, what the best approach would be, what the best system would be, looked at a bunch of different options, and ultimately settled on the Dice Up system, which was created by two names you might recognize, Kristen Devine and Tim Devine, that we are going to be using going forward. In our first episode using it, which is this one that you're listening to now, we'll take our time and explain a little bit more about what we're doing. And also Tim's going to explain just a real quick overview of the system now to get you situated.
2: Hi, yeah, so uh, the Dice Up system uh, is uh, it's, it's something that Kristen uh, and I have been working on for a long time. Uh, we've refined it over the years. We uh, It was used for the North Sea Epilogues uh, RPG um, by Garfield Games and Renegade Games in partnership with Dice Up Games. Um, but the version that we're using now is a little bit lighter, a little bit more streamlined, but it's a very narrative focus uh, coming from Dungeons and Dragons there will be some similarities and some differences. one main similarity is we'll be using a d20 um, but we'll be using a d20 exclusively there's no other dice used in this game um, as far as the characters uh, you'll you'll you already know our characters but uh, st- you know the the new system we ported over those characters from Dungeons and dragons uh, and uh, characters in this system are broken down into three uh, sort of elements or aspects. It's their story information, who they are, where they're from, what they do and what they're good at, uh, some abilities and some strengths and some struggles. Then there's stats, which are, uh, there are uh, three uh, sort of aptitudes or attributes, what everyone's naturally capable of. Those are mind, body, and will. Uh, and then each uh, each of those attributes has four approaches that are sort of broad Approaches uh, ways of overcoming obstacles. Uh, Each person can sort of make them a little bit their own, uh, but they do have um, They do have uh, uh, several descriptors, uh, you know, things that people can sort of like use to to make their Approaches more clear Uh, in this system. There's no hit points each (laughs) each player has um, strain that builds so as things get rough, mentally, physically, and emotionally, they will take strain. And that usually happens when they meet or fa- or, or, or miss the challenge levels on their, when they're rolling uh, to overcome obstacles. Um, another thing that happens is when strain reaches its max, uh, you take on conditions that affect your mind, body, or will, and affect both mechanically and narratively uh, how a player plays their character. Uh, Conditions, again, can be mental, physical, or emotional. They're not necessarily injuries, um, although they can be. Uh, The stuff that everybody has in this game that is more narrative in nature, so it it allows you options. So you can't uh, shoot a gun or throw a knife if you don't possess those things. (laughs) So you can't say that you're doing that. Uh, But also some items in this game have um, the ability to have a mechanical bonus because of either their quality uh, or magical elements or things like that. Something that makes it it, uh, better. Um, When players are overcoming challenges, they're going to use a combination of their stats to determine what approach is most appropriate for how they're trying to overcome the obstacle. And if they have any story elements that sort of factor in that would make it easier for them to succeed, they'll explain, they'll, they'll tell that to the GM as part of their, uh, their description of their action. Um, and then uh, one main uh, point, one main part of this system is uh, narration is shared. Uh, and when a player is is uh, describing how some how an action goes, they will describe both successes and failures they 'll say how it goes and what it looks like if if they succeed or fail, and then the GM is going to sort of uh, summarize the outcome and then tie that outcome into the the changing scene and describe how that goes. Uh, so everybody's going to be very. Uh, narrative and and descriptive of how things go and it's coming from the individual players not not so much just from a you know the gm dictating kind of how it how it plays out Um, and then finally uh, there are things called plot twists in this uh, game where each character has a a sort of a currency Uh, they can have a maximum of five plot twists and they're a they're a currency that allows them to Uh, Add a narrative element to the game that doesn't necessarily change anything mechanically It doesn't impact dice rolls and it can't contradict something that's already been stated by another player or the or established by the game master. Um, It's just a way of inserting sort of helpful or beneficial or in some cases just fun uh, uh, bits of of, uh, narrative into the story. Um, And that's basically it. Most of this will cover as we play. Um, It's a it's a fairly Easy game to pick up, uh, and I think it fits nicely into the story that we've already been telling.
3: Okay, so I think the last thing before we start, we will just kind of go around and give just kind of a brief overview of how our characters have changed. Um, I guess I'll start, like James, uh, going from D&D to this Dice Up system. The uh, three stats has a one in mind, a four in body, and a two in will. Kind of with uh, body, the main focus being in fight because James is a real punchy boy. He likes to get in there and you know work up close, uh, non-lethal. So all the abilities that I had in D uh, are going to be used more narratively here, uh, with with some mechanical benefit of reducing challenge levels. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of James, and I. I probably talked more than I really wanted to
2: on it. So that
4: was good. Hey, I'm Morgan. I play Ignacia, converting from the D&D system um, instead of being a mystic position or quote-unquote cleric. As normal d terms are, she's a codon from South Texas, meaning that she's an Mexican bulk healer. Um, my s- attributes, stats, I don't know, stats approach, I'm learning these terms with y'all, so please. I like
2: stat attributes.
4: Attributes. Oh yeah. stat. My stat attributes are: um, I have a three in mind, a zero in body, and a four in will because did girl can't do diddly um, physically. But um, I do have major um, high, high arcane, and high senses because I can. She can cast the magics, and she still was a perceptive little thing, but past that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's Ignacia. She, she hasn't changed much. Just, just some numbers on the screen moved around, that's all. And how we do things.
5: Uh, I'm Cleo. I play Agnes Han. And uh, like Ignacia, Agnes has a zero in body, but um, has a three in will and a four in mind. So that still kind of checks out from uh, the old character sheet. Uh, and overall, Agnes's strengths here in her approaches are uh, she's a very strong arcane and intellect. And then after that, uh, knowledge and senses of things like perception are also pretty high. But she won't be able to throw anything or punch anybody anytime soon.
2: And uh, yeah, so uh, this is Tim. Uh, I play Sawyer uh, slash Finn. Um, I uh I don't have a 0 in body. Finn Finn has a 3 in body, but don't let that make it seem like he's he's any type of like in-shape person. He's quick. He's he's got reflexes, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be pushing over any barns or laying brick. Uh, uh <laughs> James um yeah, a 1 in mind, 3 in body and 3 in will, uh and then definitely his uh, approaches are are higher in like Savvy, street smarts, cunning, uh, his agility for his quick hands, his finesse for targeting, and then his influence, his ability to sway people and intimidate them in some cases. He, he could be kind of a scary person at times, but he's still uh, he's still your, your favorite gunslinger with a dark and tragic past.
1: And if you would like to see some of what we're talking about, uh, we'll post some information about this and some of the character sheets through Twitter. Uh, the twitter for the podcast is rtpn red death on twitter so you can check out some character sheets and some more information written up about the system there
4: i will say these character sheets look really cool once you figure out how to use them (laughs) but i do like it i do like the layout
1: yeah they're really clean all right so which group do we want to pick up with So
3: I like, I feel like the one that with you know Li Jing, because Li Jing is dead, so okay,
2: and Sawyer, are you still red yeah, I think I think Sawyer checked the place. I can't if that didn't happen in the last session, that's what he would have done is is not talk to anyone, not answer anybody's questions or anything like that if they're trying to figure out what he's doing. He just sort of storms up the stairs, pistols drawn, looking for any type of potential. Bad things still there, um, and won't come back down. Da- you know, we'll probably come back down to talk. You know, just calm down yeah. a bit. But that's where it left off. Okay, so let's let's start with the search, then. Okay. Yeah, uh, up the stairs. Uh, he knows his room. He knows where Li Jing's room is. I. Uh, but but you know, if it, he's he's just sort of scanning and trying to figure out if there if there's any sounds or any you know movement or anything like that. Okay, there's
1: nothing up there. Everything is perfectly still. You hear the floorboards creak under your feet, you hear the familiar uh, whine of the door with the hinge that you kept meaning to oil but never did. Um, Everything is exactly as you expect it to be, upstairs.
2: And um, one question, I think this was the case, I can't remember as clearly, at at some point early on in this campaign, Sawyer came back to the building and had tea with Li Jing. And I can't remember if, it, if she invited him into her room or if that was downstairs. It was in her room. So I think yeah. So if it was in her room, he he takes a moment where he looks down at the table where he shared tea with her for the first time, and his red kind of softens a bit, and he he's he's very sad at the moment. <laughs> um, and if there's no immediate threat, he's he's gonna just ensure that everything is secure upstairs and he's going to come downstairs, but he's not as enraged, uh, as much as he is, uh, sort of overcome with emotion.
1: Yeah. So Agnes, you and your mom see him come down the stairs. Um, and, and Sawyer describe a little bit more what you look like as you come down the stairs.
2: Uh, you know, like, like most people look when they've just been, uh, attacked by were tigers. Um, at least in boston in the 1890s Mm -hmm. uh he he it's a uh, good visual for the audience i think everybody has a frame of reference for that (laughs) exactly um yeah a bit disheveled uh but but still he he tends to pull off a lot of looks in that way because he is sort of like a bad boy um and uh as you know he's got the the black cowboy boots uh the somewhat casual not not super formal black you know pants and uh, trousers and a jacket and a white shirt underneath with the suspenders. Uh, but then also he has the these heavy uh, hellfire pistols, one in each hand, and uh, a black cowboy hat. Um, his nice little goatee and uh, a sad look on his face.
5: Yeah, I think that while, while you were going about your business, Agnes and her mother kind of saw t- to the body and just kind of just not cleaning things up in like any way other than just to like did the formalities. Right. Um, and when that was done, uh, I just had, just had a, little, a little bit, there's some things are not disrespectfully moved around, but like there was a search for bandages and potential things that could help out considering that Agnes is now, uh, bitten by a were tiger. Uh, and she hasn't been expecting to find, like, a jar label, you know, where where tiger cure on it. But it's kind of like there must be something here that could help. Uh, so that they've been having a little bit of a look around. Okay.
1: Um, your mother is visibly shaken by all of this. Um, this is a, a close friend of hers who she's just found. And she's trying to help you with looking around, but she's not... She's getting distracted very easily. She's sort of looking in one place and staring off into space and then coming back to and resuming and then staring off again.
5: I think that's why, in part, Agnes is busying herself so much because grief can be awkward also. It's like one weird uh, thing about it. And so she's kind of just like, okay, if I stay busy and I look through literally all these drawers, even though I know I'm not going to find anything, Uh, It's somehow going to make things better. Mm -hmm.
2: Sawyer takes off his hat and uh, kind of sidles up on a desk by where you're searching for things, Agnes, and just says, what do you think did this?
5: Well, something capable of, I don't know, honestly. I mean, it hurts, but it doesn't hurt in a way that's, telling me much more than we already know by having encountered them. Uh, I mean, there has to be somebody who has more answers, right? Or are we going to try to and track it?
2: Well, I, I don't know. And not, do you think, well, why do you think it came here?
5: Honestly, probably because of our connection to this place and to um and I just kind of looks over like can't say the name uh but looks over to where Eugene's body is kind of covered probably with like a blanket or something from nearby
2: I think when you say that it can you know he, he was thinking it obviously but he hearing those words and feeling again in his life that massive guilt of those around him constantly being hurt he just sort of like sinks deeper into that sort of what is it? It's a detached, kind of sad, somber
0: stare.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a place where, as a, as a GM uh, Sawyer, I think you're going to take some incidental strain here. I think yes. this is really wearing on you so the as Tim explained at the top of the episode, there aren't hit points in this system, and so strain is something that happens over time If you fail a check or if something environmentally happens that would logically put strain on a person, it's going to accumulate over time um, and harm the the person who takes the strain and so the strain can come really in, in anything, um, in a lot of role-playing games, it's all physical damage, but this, uh, one of the things I really like about the system is that it acknowledges that physical damage is not the only, and often not the most important thing that you can suffer in, in
2: situations. So. Yeah, this is definitely the mental, emotional type of stress (laughs) that he's, that he's under right now. Oh, uh, uh, and then I think he whispers very light. Like I think he he thinks he's still talking to you, but his his voice is like really, really soft and low, and like his body's kind of shutting down a little bit. Uh, but he says, uh, "Do you think anybody else could it be in danger? I mean, the O'Neills, uh, your family,
5: uh, my family." And then I just looks to Charlotte, kind of like, "What are your?" thoughts on this because we also have Ignacia and James still out there.
1: Yeah. She says, I, I don't know. Uh, I I think, I, I don't know. We, you're right. We should, we should warn them.
5: Well, if, if my, my gut is giving me any kind of right information right now, uh, our priority needs to be finding Ignacia and James because this doesn't feel like a coincidence. I, I think something about tonight. I don't know whether there is an agenda specifically for today, but I, I just I have a bad feeling, and I want to make sure that we we warn them.
1: So, if you want, if you have a gut feeling about this, I think this is a place where you could apply the savvy approach to see if you get any sort of like your brain offers you any information. Yeah, let's do that. Um, So I'm going to say that this would be, uh, I'm actually already going to tweak the system a little bit. Um, Go for it. Cool. I'm going to say that there isn't a, a challenge level on this, but the challenge level that you meet will determine what kind of information you get from your gut
5: cool. Well, I got a 23
1: hot diggity dog. Okay. So in this system, that is the extreme level. Um, and, uh, so two things happen. One is in your gut, as you listen to it, you know, that this is more than just random. Um, you know, that she was working on something for lycanthropy, There were were were-tigers here that clearly, she stopped some of them before they took her down. Um, And so clearly there's some kind of coordination here. There's some kind of intent behind this attack. Um, I'm also gonna say that given the, the system's focus on the players having control over the narrative too, you realize one other thing that you get to establish.
5: Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I think that we actually, it, it, it dawns on Agnes at this time that the there's something about the one who escaped that looks extremely familiar. Like, it, it was one of those, like, really hard to place, not like, oh, we saw this person at the museum, or we saw this, like, I know exactly where uh, we've encountered this person before. But it's like finally clicking into place that it wasn't just that, oh, you look like somebody I know. It's like, no, you are somebody who I've seen before.
1: Okay. Were they in tiger form or human form when they left? I honestly don't remember because it's been like five months.
5: I think it, there was a naked person running through the street. So,
2: okay. I'd know that, but anywhere.
5: Yeah. Very distinctive, but. <laughs> <part. laughs>
2: Okay. Um
1: so what physical details do you remember about the person?
5: You know what I'm gonna say that there is a tattoo and it's not you know, it's not like a white sword tattoo, it was a something uh, on like kind of behind the shoulder. I point to myself as if anybody can see me. <laughs> um, but like yeah, like a like a fairly sizable tattoo that I mean a shirt would, would cover it up. You'd have to see the person shirtless, but it's it's a large one. And it's of
4: Tiger. Is it one of those like Asian art
5: tigers? Like eating. yeah, I think it's like a scroll painting tiger. Scroll painting, yeah. Thank you. Very on the word. nose.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I bet if it's anything, they're gonna have a scroll tiger,
5: <laughs> the scroll painting.
1: Um, okay. That too. That complicates things for me in a very fun way. Thank you. <laughs>
5: that's what I live for.
1: All right. So, so as you are tattoo. Oh, go ahead
5: I said, At least I didn't make it a butt tattoo Where we can only identify the person If we look at your butt again
1: Please, Could you take your pants off for us? Just,
2: <laughs> just that's going to be Doug playing O'Neill <laughs> uh, I'm going to need to see some identification No, not that kind I'm going to need to see some butts <laughs> uh, Let the fan art begin
1: That's right <laughs> So as you're looking around um, and sort of processing all of this, uh, let's reunite the party. So at this point, um, James and Ignacia arrive. Um, and was was Kepri still with you or did she go her own way?
2: Okay. Uh, and Kepri as well. I mean, as the door opens, Sawyer's going to turn around and point some pistols at him, so that snaps him back
3: james is standing there james is a big fella he he's uh you know kind of fills the door frame that he's in uh he's wearing just you know like a basic white button-up shirt with suspenders and some slacks it has kind of work boots on you know uh era appropriate work boots and brown hair a little bit not long but a little longer on top and he's got kind of a full beard mustache combo and i think he's just opens the door kind of sees this scene um and i guess Ignacia is behind him following i think james probably was in the lead as they are running over there or heading that way
4: yeah i think in his shadow Ignacia follows because uh, you know she's about five foot tall petite um, wearing just the 18 like a dark gray walking dress because fashion yeah um, her her dark hair is been a bun her dark eyes just look in sees that mess and then looks at the I guess the, the lot of them and just I don't is Li body underneath the blanket like in view of the door or is it further back
1: I think the the shop's been really torn apart, right there was a a big fight here um, and you're able to see the sheep.
4: yeah i yeah, so I think Ignacio walks in behind um behind James and like looks around to see the chaos, looks at them, and there perceives their energy because, you, you know Ignacio is very in tune with people's. Feelings and then looks to the ground and sees that, and she's just stops and just takes it in.
3: Yeah, I think James, upon coming in, uh, sees the guns first, uh, and then whenever they get lowered, I assume they get lowered pretty quickly, um, sees the body and immediately scans the room. I mean, you've seen Sawyer, uh, you know. Clocks Agnes is there and is relieved because it's not one of his friends because James, I don't, I don't know that James has ever met Li Jing uh, formally, at least, Uh, obviously probably knows who they are, Uh, but, you know, uh, just first and foremost recognizes that his friends, it's not one of his friends under their, under that sheet. Mm -hmm.
1: Kepri walks in behind the two of you and does a quick survey of the room And there's one of the deceased were-tigers, now back in human form, face down on the ground. She walks over to it really without any ceremony, puts a foot under it and flips it onto its back and leans down and takes a close look at the face. She says, is this someone you know?
5: I think Ignacia looks down and just shakes her head.
1: What happened here?
5: I think at that point, Agnes kind of just like snaps out of it a little bit and just kind of gestures at Li Jing's body and then like you know the other body and it's like well this this happened before we got there here we had our own incident outside and kind of she gestures to like her own like tattered clothing I can't remember where she got bit um a shoulder um yeah and like she hasn't really done anything to try to fix that up yet
4: I I think once Agnes mentions that Ignacio sort of just like kind of snaps back a bit realizing that her friends are hurt (laughs) and sort of rushes over and starts inspecting the wood and and starts like oh you got bit too oh this is
5: it already feels a little infected.
4: Um, okay. 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 Um, stay, stay still. I will figure this out. <laughs> and I think Ignacia is just going to start like trying to remember the recipe because I don't think she has it on her right at this point of time <laughs> mm-hmm. and starts trying to dig through the drawers to like find stuff.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, what kind of approach do you want to use here?
4: That's a good question. Um, I do have a strength in herbalism and alchemy, which, since we're in an herbal shop, I assume that's
1: mm-hmm. where our would be. Yeah, uh, so it's definitely easier for you to look at something quickly and know what you're looking for, you know, know if something that you're looking at is what you're looking
2: for or not. So that will lower the difficulty okay. level by one. Or the um, challenge one, level. One one All thing right. that I'll say here just real quick that Kent you could totally edit out um, when you're trying to decide which approach um, some things are like different necessarily for each of us like I, I Sawyer might approach finesse differently than how or Braun, sorry Braun, differently than how James approaches it um, there's different like synonyms that are listed there that help you kind of figure out what would be the best one to choose and like if you scan through them you can think like uh, if you already knew where a recipe might be stored, then it's about maybe focusing to figure out if you can remember. If you don't already know where it is and you're searching, you might use something more like intellect, which is like investigation and deductive reasoning and things like that.
3: So okay, I just want to
2: throw that out.
1: Or if you're trying to think like Li Jing, it might be insight.
4: Okay, I think I think it may go insight though because. Knowing Ignacia, knowing how she functions, she's like, okay, all right, knowing how this is the shop set up and what's on the recipe, I'm, and knowing what I already know as a healer that uses herbs. So I think she's just going to like start filtering through and just take a deep breath and eventually start plucking various bottles and like jars. Probably find a motor, um, a motor, <laughs> a mortar and pestle and starting to try to whip something up. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, if all you're doing is looking for, for herbs and stuff on the mm-hmm. shelf, I think you can do that automatically. I
4: don't think okay. that's. But it's, I think she's also, once she gets to that last part where it's like the missing ingredient. Mm-hmm. I think she stops and looks down at her stuff, turns around, looks at the wall of of things, and is like, what's next up? And maybe that's where I hit a
1: wall. Okay, cool.
4: Um, I think approach-wise, maybe savvy? Because she does have the knowledge of, well, maybe it would be knowledge, but that's also education, science, religion. That's like learn knowledge. Mm-hmm. But Savvy's also
2: Think think like Street Smarts versus Book Smarts. Yeah. 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 Learned through experienced.
4: Yeah, she did learn her herbalism through her from her grandma and mm-hmm. not through a school, so
1: it so you're up against an arcane challenge here, right? Trying to overcome tiger lycanthropy? Identifying
4: yeah, Ty- oh, oh, identifying identify magic. Okay, yeah, maybe that is arcane approach.
1: Or insight, right? Um, or in, your intuition or... of what might be next.
4: Yeah. Uh...
1: No wrong answers.
4: <laughs> but there is.
1: <laughs> well, okay, you're right. Brawn, Brawn would be wrong. I'm going to use my Brawn. That's wrong. She just <laughs>
2: starts flipping, flipping desks.
4: Right. Uh, I'm just going to punch it to make it better. Well,
2: well, one one thing that might help you choose one if multiple are, are viable options. Uh-huh. What do you What do you want to narrate most? Like, what what are you envisioning, uh, Ignacia doing? And that would be like kind of your approach.
4: I think it's more like a light switch in her brain sort of goes off because Li Jing came to her before and it's like, okay, can you help me with this? And she's like, okay, sure. I don't know about it now, but let me think about it. And so I think, I, I think the stress of everything and like the dire situation now of stopping the transformation for actually completing with Agnes. I think, I think the stress in her really thinking about it sort of just like flips a switch in her brain I mean like I, I know this why is it not coming? And it just like sort of dawns on her.
1: So I think for this level of like flash of inspiration, this would be extreme.
4: Okay. That's not that's not bad. That's okay.
1: That's... So you have your bonuses to um
4: mm-hmm.
1: what approach are you using? Was it
4: Oh god, I think that was still the issue you we were using. <laughs> um once I get better at the system, I will be faster at choosing approaches.
1: Don't worry; this is actually good for the listeners because they can hear the thought process. So,
4: listeners, please know my brain is trying. <laughs> um,
1: Morgan, you have an excellent brain. Don't no,
4: worry. my brain is doing so much. Uh, I guess want to go with
1: just as as your friendly neighborhood GM, I would say go with arcane because it's your your best my of the high, bunch.
4: My high step. Yeah, and,
1: and as you're just. Describing if you want your if you want to have a an epiphany about something arcane, I have no problem with that. Okay,
4: all right, sorry y'all. Okay, yeah, let's Don't go. Don't worry about it. Let's let's go with arcane then, because it's it's my it's my big boy stat. So my my um approach stat or stat approaches
1: or whatever
4: we <laughs> it's calling
1: them your stat attributes.
4: My stat attributes. That's right. All right, so. Just okay, and it's extreme I'm going for okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's sixteen on the die plus eight. At the number, that's twenty four? Twenty-four.
1: Perfect. So that's the top of extreme. You meet the uh, challenge level. So you succeed, but you take one strain. So describe okay. how this process puts strain on you.
4: I think it's the um, mental stress of actually doing that. So I think Ignacio is probably a little more stressed out and under the rest than she usually is because usually she's a calm being like she's calm and collected, but like now, now that things are happening, she's like, all right, we're, we're in this. <laughs> so I think she's a little more stressed out than usual.
1: Cool. So what is the final ingredient?
4: you actually make me uh, come come make me look things up it's It's right. kind of <laughs>
5: <laughs> something really calming
4: it, it's yeah it's probably something just like i don't want to say lavender because i personally hate morgan hates lavender with a passion <laughs> so i don't want to use that one but um maybe it's like yeah maybe it's simple, something super mundane like mint or something or rosemary You know, no, no, hold on. It's time because you got to turn back time to stop the process.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So the ingredient wasn't loved the whole time.
1: Hmm. Mm. (laughs) Limited resources, always time. Uh, Yeah. So luckily leashing has plenty of time saved in a bottle. Um, and so you can take it and spend it right now.
4: All right. Yeah, I'm going to start it. <laughs> yeah, so i is going to do... Sh- her hands are st- probably shaking at this point because she's, you know, trying to focus and takes it, opens it up the jar and just pulls out a couple sprigs and puts them in and starts mixing things up. and. Okay.
1: So while you work on that, uh, what are the rest of you doing? Kepri is sort of wandering around examining things, um, sort of almost detective-like, making an investigation of everything around there. Uh, Charlotte is sort of standing off to the side in kind of stunned silence um, and not really saying or doing anything.
2: Sawyer um, kind of, uh, you know, he lowered the guns, by the way, James, he's not pointing (laughs) them at you anymore. Um, He sees everybody kind of spreading out and like kind of, you know, uh, looking at things, investigating things like that. And he, he does say again, uh, again, he thinks he's talking loud enough for everybody, but I think only Agnes can really hear um, clearly what he's saying, but uh, he says uh, we need to check on our other friends. Anybody else who would be associated with us could be in danger tonight.
5: No, we need to get a message out unless you think we should go make house calls.
2: What do you think she knows about? And this time he does talk a little quieter just to Agnes when you respond mm-hmm. to you. He realizes now you're, you're close. He says uh, about um, Kepri. He says, what do you think she knows about these things?
5: Probably a fair deal more than we do, but I don't she doesn't necessarily seem the type to freely give away information unless she has a good reason to, I mean, this is good reason. Obviously we both know that, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just intimidated.
3: Yeah. I think James was close enough to overhear this. Uh, when you're talking about Sedet and not giving up information, I think he leans into Sawyer's like points to the hellfire gun. It's like, you should probably conceal that from her a little bit. She's asking a lot of questions about rings and, you know, weapons that we've come
2: in contact with. Sawyer pulls his jacket over the holstered pistol uh, and kind of, kind of now loud enough for anybody else to hear that would be able to hear in this little area says uh, we need to, we need to quickly figure out who else might be in danger if these things are targeting us or people we know, we need to know about these, what these things are and how to kill them because that's exactly what we're gonna do.
5: Agnes kind of leans over to try to get her mother's attention. It's just this mother. Yes. Do you perchance have a way to get a message to uh, detective O'Neill? I feel like maybe he should be warned. As well as his sister,
1: she says uh, yes i can I can take care of that um, and she says that but not your not your father and, and brother. I can't get a message to them. I'm not connected to them in that way.
5: And then perhaps you can tell." uh Detective O'Neill to go home and just make sure that they're okay and That's so a good idea. maybe just stay there until we get back.
1: She nods. She says, Oh, I'll take care of that. And she sort of walks off towards uh to one side.
5: I think Agnes turns back to James and is like, so there were questions like there were sensitive questions being asked then.
3: Yeah, she was she was talking about and Doug correct me if I'm wrong on any this. She was, she was talking about three weapons um that can be used against the red death or um and I mean it seems like the ring was definitely one of them. Um her and we we didn't tell her who had the ring, but we mentioned I mean she she knows somebody within our group or the circle has the ring. We assured her it was somewhere safe. She wanted to see it. Um I told her that that we weren't going to do that. We were going to keep it where it's safe and has been safe. Um, she might think we have another, a sec, one of the second weapons. Uh, she mentioned something about a sword, and I thought maybe that sword could have been, I don't know, possibly melted down and formed into a gun, since any kind of nods at you know the pistol, the snow covered, since that seems to have magical capabilities. But she wasn't, I don't think she had any particular thoughts on if that was possible or not but i think she's definitely definitely interested that that we've come into contact with at least one if not two of these i don't know
2: weapons or items that could be useful this seems a bit a bit dogpile to me i mean does she have a thing against my suspenders i mean my hat why isn't she like she's she's not talking about anything you all have
3: well, she doesn't know specifically that you have them. Um, we, we, we—you know—we were—we um, kept the knowledge pretty safe. You might want to start wearing gloves, Finn.
1: She stands up from uh, relatively far across the the room where she's making an investigation of the other body that was there, and says, "There's no need to wear gloves." And she sort of points to her her ears, which are pointed, and says. I have unusually good ears, and comes over. Walks up to Finn in her sort of -of matter-of-fact way and says, let's see the ring.
0: The Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yansu Davis as Agnes, Tim Divine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Role to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RoleToPlayNetwork.com. And do join us next time if you dare.
2: This episode was brought to you by Google Slides. Oh, well, Google, please just,
4: sponsor us. Google Slides, always just listening.
2: Gotta, just got to cut that now. <clears throat> For questions are concerned about legality, contact Kent Blue. And only Kent Blue. <laughs> and only Kent Blue. <laughs> Y'all act like any of this is making it to air.
1: <laughs> We're not even recording. Just turned it off. turns out the podcast is
3: now canceled you you can't say that because i got real scared i wasn't recording (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm
0: so sorry